One more prayer from the children's letters from God. Dear God, it is great the way you always get the stars in the right places. Jeff. So a quiz, if you were listening during children's sermon, what are the magic words? Very good. All week I've had that old Barney song stuck in my head. Please and thank you are the magic words. May it be stuck in your head now. Amen. (laughs) Kids, raise your hands if an adult has ever told you to say please or thank you. Always. All right. (laughs) Adults, always, yes. That was my son. Uh, Adults, raise your hand if you've ever told a kid to say please or thank you. Always, yes. We teach our kids these magic words, but what makes them so magical? Just last week, actually, I wasn't even thinking about this sermon in the moment, but Oliver came to me wanting something. I don't remember what it was, but knowing him, it was something sweet. He comes by those cavities, honestly. And I was about to give it to him when I stopped and said, no, no, I should be a good parent here. And I said to them, said to him, took it back and held it, clutched it, say please or thank you. And he's a smart little three-year-old. And he said, please. And I handed it to him and he started to pull and I looked at him and he said, thank you. And I Gave it to him and he smiled. What a sweet boy saying please and thank you after I extorted him. Why why do we force gratitude upon our children? I don't know about you, but my hope is that, well, after a few times, we won't have to force it. Maybe, you know, middle school, high school. Tell me when it kicks in, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we hope that they will naturally learn this, that when they grow up, they will become polite and grateful adults all by their own because we've taught them how to do it as kids. So tell me, did it work for you? Are you polite? Are you grateful? I don't know about you, but I will say thank you if someone lets me go in front of them, maybe in the line at the grocery store. I'm not even asking and they see that I have a few things, their cart is full and they'll cut me in. I'll say thank you. Thank you. I didn't deserve that. I'm thankful for the things that I don't deserve. But what about the things I do deserve? I don't, des- don't I deserve to wake up in the morning? To breathe clean air? To have a job? To get a paycheck from the job? I don't say thank you for these things, do I? I mean, who's ever written a note to their employer twice a month for that paycheck? Just want to tell you thank you for paying me again. But if you get a bonus, well, then you say thank you. Something you didn't expect. Something you did not earn. This morning we read another parable from the Gospel of Matthew. Our series that we're in is called Are You Kidding? I don't know if you can read it on the chalkboard. Are You Kidding? And that's, it's becoming more and more of an appropriate title for this series. Because each week I kind of say to myself, are you kidding? This is the parable you picked for this week. This is the theme for this parable. I don't know about you, but I'm finding these parables and these lessons we teach children harder than I thought they would be to learn myself. Our theme two weeks ago when I preached last was be fair. And after reading through this parable again, I thought, well, that should be the title for this sermon. Because this parable seems more about fairness than gratitude. This landowner that we meet at the very beginning hires people at different times of the day at at six, at nine, at noon, at three. They all work different uh, hours and yet they all get the same wage 
at the end, their daily wage is that fair. Now, maybe the ones hired later should say thank you because, well, they only worked maybe three hours and got paid for a day. But what about those hired first? They worked all day. They got a daily wage. But should they say thank you, too? While those freeloaders hired at the end got a paycheck they did not fully earn. If gratitude is the lens we're choosing today to look at this parable, then what is the lesson from this strange teaching from Jesus? Now, I worked all week on that question. The best I could come up with is this. We should be extremely grateful because we have received so much more than we deserve like those workers who are paid for a, day, for a full day and only work three hours. We have more than we've earned, so we should say thank you more. And I was going to preach that sermon, and then my mind just went back to this woman I met. 21 years ago, I was 14. Her name was Olympia. My youth group went to Honduras on a mission trip, and I met Olympia. We were doing a work project, building her house. It was a house made of sticks and mud. I learned from the children that were helping us how to make mud bricks. We built her house. We were trying to put a, a bit of a concrete foundation to this, to this house because every rainy season her house washed down this hill. It was a house in the middle of this slope and it was her property. She owned it. It's all she had and her house would wash down the hill into the neighbor's yard when the rains came. And yet every year a church group would show up and build the house again. We were the group that summer. It was our turn to build Olympia's house. And when we finished building her house for, I don't know what time it was for her, she looked at us and she smiled the biggest smile. She was, she was very scrawny, thin, her face wrinkly, and her smile just filled her face. You couldn't even see her eyes, barely her forehead. She smiled with every wrinkle of her face, the biggest smile I've ever seen, and said, gracias, 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 over and over again. I'll never forget Olympia. You would have thought we built her a mansion. I've never seen someone more thankful or more happy than this woman. We spent several times with her throughout that two-week trip. And I realized that she had so very little, and all that she had, we really had just given to her. Yet she worked harder than all of us. She received so much less for her work. I remember thinking, I have so much more than she does, and I'm not nearly as grateful as she is. Isn't the one with the most supposed to be the most grateful? Maybe something's wrong with the way we think about gratitude, because Olympia, who had the least, had become the greatest. I have a book in my office. It's called Read my lips. It's a study about Americans' attitudes towards paying taxes. This economist did a research project, and she wanted to test this theory, uh, what you hear often at the news, what uh, politicians often say, that people hate paying taxes. And so she did research across the country and found what to her was surprising, that actually people have a pretty fair understanding of paying taxes. They know they need to. They don't mind that much until something kicks in. When they realize, when they begin to think that someone else is not paying their fair share, that's when they start to feel cheated. They're okay with things as it is until they see someone else not paying their fair wage. Maybe it's a wealthy person with tax shelters or a poor person receiving handouts. The tax rate stays the same, 
But the attitude begins to change. Now it's not so fair. And it's surprising research, maybe for politics, but when I begin to think about my own heart, well, it's not that surprising, isn't it? Is it? Because you remember the question the landowner asked at the end of the parable. I don't know if you heard it, but he asked those first hired workers who are fuming with their daily wage. And he says, are you envious because I am gracious? Are you envious because I am gracious? Envy. Envy has a way of killing gratitude every time, doesn't it? Had everyone been hired at the same time, paid the same, then everyone would be equally grateful. But envy begins to creep in because the first hired workers feel like those other Johnny-come-latelys got more than they should deserve. It's hard to be grateful for what we have when we think others are getting the same without working as hard. We see this when we talk about refugees, immigrants, day laborers. You remember that phrase, welfare queen. I did it the right way. They're just getting handouts. It's not fair. But kids these days, well, kids these days get everything so easily too. I mean, I had to work. I had an allowance. I had to earn that allowance when I was growing up. Our health fades and other people respond to treatment, but we don't. They can get around better at their age, but I'm the same age and I can't anymore. It's not fair. We struggle with our faith and yet others, it seems to come so easily for them. Envy creeps in and takes away gratitude, steals it away. Now, Olympia, she had every reason to be envious. I don't know. If I was her, I'd probably be fuming at those rich white kids going home to their fancy homes And they're building a mud hut for her. And yet she was so thankful, more grateful than I've ever been in my life. And maybe that's the secret. Maybe it is this this envy that creeps in. Don't envy what others have. Just be grateful for what you have. Now in our parable, the trick is no one really deserves anything. Those hired first, those hired last. They're day laborers. There's no contract They don't have to be hired. The landowner surprises them with a chance for work when they wouldn't have had any. And the landowner gives everyone the same deal, the same grace that every person deserves their daily wage. We prayed a moment ago, give us this day our daily bread. But what if God actually did that? Gave us exactly what we asked for, our daily bread, just enough for today. How grateful would we be? Should we be even more grateful if we get bread that's more than what we need for today? Or what if someone didn't even go to church this morning, didn't even pray the Lord's Prayer, and got more daily bread than they could ever need? What about them? And are we envious? Because God is so gracious. This parable, whatever it's about, if it's about gratitude, now it seems to be about God and God's grace. Because grateful or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, we serve a God who still gives us our daily bread. And sometimes, well, sometimes even more so, a God who provides not because we've earned it, because we can never earn it, but because God is gracious. And there's something at the beginning of the parable that points us one step further. It says the kingdom of God is like this landowner. A landowner who pays people not for what they work, but for what they need. 
And the call is to acknowledge God's grace, but in response to that, to not just acknowledge it, but to be grateful for it. But not just to be grateful, but to become like that landowner. To live in that kind of kingdom where grace is given out never because you earn it, but just because it's grace. So maybe we should all turn away from that envy because all of life is a grace, isn't it? A grace none of us, no matter how long we worked, 8, 10, 12, 24 hours a day, no matter how long we could work, we could never earn because it can never be earned. So we turn away from envy and breathe in that magic, the magic of gratitude. And we say to God again, thank you. Amen. Amen.